0: series this morning, Being an Overcomer. Uh, Have I got any overcomers here today? All right, that's what I like. We're on the same team because we're on Team Jesus and Jesus has called us to be an overcomer. We are living in a time where our faith is going to be really challenged. And I liken it to, in 2020, a team us went over to Myanmar and on the way over, a couple of us sneaked out to um, (laughs) Universal Studios. And it was really good because we had a short time, like time to get there and get out. And uh, I took Shannon there on his first big adventure, his big day out. And uh, (laughs) and uh, there was this roller coaster ride there. And if anyone's ever been to Singapore Universal Studios, it's like a double thing: Uh, Alien versus was it Human or something? I can't remember what it's called. And we basically had the whole park to ourselves because of the COVID thing. We're just warming up, and nobody wanted to go. They're all worried. We go, you beauty. So the whole park's ours. So Shannon had never been on a roller coaster, so I sent him and Amy off on the roller coaster. I said, you coming? I said, no. Nah. <laughs> I, said, I said, I just don't like it. They make my head go dizzy. I got off one one time in, in Anaheim, and I was walking like this side. So I couldn't even walk straight. <laughs> and uh, I just, I go, no, nah, I had a bad experience not doing that again. But then, of course, they, they said to me, you're just chicken, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> Don't call me chicken. No. <laughs> All right, I'm getting on this thing. I'm going to show you, but if I throw up on you, it's your fault. And um, so we got on this thing, and, and it was like crazy because I know roller coasters, they can be pretty intense, some of them. And this looked pretty intense. And I go, but I know it doesn't last forever. I know it's only for a short time, like 20 seconds. So you just grab on and you just go for the ride. You go, yeehaw, you know, and tear through the whole thing. But you know you're going to arrive safely. And this is a bit like where we are right now. We're going to get ready to grip on, hold on tight to Jesus because you're about to go on to a ride that you've never been on before. But knowing he is with you and he is for you, you'll come and arrive safely the other end. Amen. So we got to be prepared because... Uh, There's a lot of changes going on in our world right now, and uh, you know I met with a group this week that invited me along to just speak to them, and they're all getting ready. They can see the signs of the times, what's going on, and just getting ready for the unknown. It's better to be prepared than not, (laughs) and uh, regardless of how it all plays out, we don't know, but let's get ready. Let's get ready, and I'll talk probably a little bit more about that later. We are trying to get you ready. We've just done a series on Disciplines of a Disciple. And now we're talking about being an overcomer, because it's important that we understand who we are in Christ and what we contain and what we have within us. We need to understand the spiritual battle that we're in, because it will increase. It's been increased. If you noticed what's going on in the world? Like, really? I mean, you won't see it on the mainstream media, and uh, people go, well, I haven't seen anything. And I say, yeah, well, if you've been just watching the mainstream media, you won't see it, because they own it, the bad guys, that is. Ephesians 6.11, our word tells us a whole load of things. Ephesians uh, 6.11 says, Put on the whole armor of God so that you'll be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the world's rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Therefore take to yourself the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in that day And haven't done also, and it goes on to how you put this armor on. We need to be real about our world. Let's not just pretend it's not going on. It's like, you know, some people like to sweep things under the carpet, but I'm telling you, you sweep enough under the carpet, you're going to trip over it because there's a big bump there. We We don't want to be tripping over anything. We want to be prepared. We want to be on the front foot. We need to understand. The enemy is trying to take you out. We need to be strong. We need, a, we need to get in the word of God like never before because that is where you will get your instruction. That's where you'll get your hope from. Ephesians 6.10 says, Finally, my brothers, be strong in the Lord, in the power of his might. These are not just suggestions. You know, These are words for a time such as this, that we need to go to his word and live from that place rather than just saying that was a thing that was written years ago. It doesn't apply now. The word of God applies all through eternity. It does not change. He changes not. He's the same today, tomorrow, forever. Yeah. So as I was um, praying, I, w- I was over in Port Lincoln a few weeks ago and uh, just praying about God. What is the key verse that you want for me to share with the church for this year? Because we we need to be focused on something in these times. We need to be focused. And as I was pondering, I d- I just got one John five one and five two come right through to verse 5, actually. I'll, I'll read the whole thing in context, but particularly um, the lighter part of it. So let's, let's just get our Bibles out this morning. If you've got uh, 1 John five one, we we'll start there to give you the context right through to verse 5. So 1 John 5, one, right through to verse 1 John five five. It says, Everyone who believes that Jesus is Christ has been born of God. And everyone who loves him, who begats him, also loves him who has been born of him. By this we know that we, are, we love the children of God whenever we love God and keep His commandments. For this is the love of God, that we keep His commandments, and His commandments are not burdensome. For everyone that has been born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that overcomes the world, our faith. Who is he who overcomes the world? But he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Let me just pray this morning. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. In times of trouble, times of need, we can go to your word and find an answer. We can see the situation we're in. God, we have hope as we look to you. God, as we look to your word this morning, I pray, oh God, you'll speak to each one of us. That you'll encourage us because God is you, the life is founding only. And God, we want that life. We want to live in that life that you purpose for us, that the devil is trying to take away. Father, I just pray today that you uplift everyone, that they will leave better from this place than what they came. And I ask this in Jesus' mighty name, amen. So particularly uh, in that passage, there's a whole context there, but I, I, I want to zoom in here on 1 John 5, 4 and, and verse 5. It says, for everything that has been born of God overcomes the world. We are called to overcome the world. But what I'm seeing happening in the churches right now is they're being overcome by the world. They've forgotten the scripture it doesn't say to be overcome, overcome by the world, overwhelmed, it's all too hard. You know, it, it's like, no, we are rising up in this time. We're taking control. Jesus has given us authority, He's given you the keys to the kingdom. We've got to start opening those doors. We need to start using those keys of authority in our life, not allowing the devil to take control. But we rise up in this time and say, no, devil, your days are gone. That's it. We're, we're taking over. We're taking over. If the churches would only rise, we'd see a complete different world. The devil is only allowed to move as we allow it to happen. We cannot just sit there and see disasters happen and just go, oh, that's so sad. I feel sorry for those people. And just stay there. We have to be a voice. And and like the walk of life is one of those things that we're a voice in. You know, because we won't stand for injustices. We won't stand for those things. We stand for the Word of God. We need to push back. We need to push back. For everyone that has been born of God overcomes the world. We are called as believers to overcome the world. Like I said, not allow the world to overcome you. We need to be reminded that we are on the winning side. You're on the winning side. Do you feel like a winner this morning? Because you should, because we're in Christ. If you're in Christ, you're a new creation, you're on the winning team. The winning team. You've got to understand that. Because some of us come walking into church like we're deflated, we're losers, you know, like I'm a loser. (laughs) We're on the winning team. Start changing your attitude, start changing your thinking to something positive in His Word. Look at yourself in the mirror, how Jesus sees you. Because we always see faults in everything, don't we? My wife tells me to stop looking in the mirror. I go, just admiring it. No. <laughs> but the thing is, we sometimes look in the mirror, and we go, oh my good, And it's worse for us. When you get older, like your eyesight gets worse, i found. So you look and you go, so fine. And then your wife goes, she's got her glass and looks over and goes, what's that on your face? and of course I've just had my energy drinking the green stuff around here and I can't see it like until I put my glasses on but then we go oh we're getting a bit conscious now so I go in front of the mirror and put my glasses on then you see oh you're ugly <laughs> I'll take these glasses oh you look better now yes yeah, <laughs> but that's it we lose sight of reality don't we and there's a reality in our world right now but a lot of people don't want to face it. They don't want to know it's there. Just oh, go away. It's not bothering me. So, but I tell you, it will. It will come back to bite you. Matthew 24, 24 says, For false Christs and false prophets will arise and show great signs and wonders, so much that if it were possible, they would deceive even the elect. That means the believers. I used to ponder on that as a new Christian. What does that mean? How could you be fooled? How, as a Christian, how could you be fooled by deception of the devil? Well, it's, it's, I mean, you've only got to think of some of the circumstances now how churches are being fooled. You know, many churches have been infiltrated by the enemy, you know, misleading the flock. Look at that, we had the same sex marriage enter in, and suddenly you got all these churches going, oh, yes, love is love. God loves, you know, but God does not love those things. God, God is very uh, strong on his word, and he does not like same sex marriage he loves people he does not like same sex marriage he made it for a purpose we talked about the abortion like sharon said this morning a million abortions every year around the world a million a million and when you look into the crime of it all and understand some of these people that are promoting this whole agenda are actually making money out of it it's a money maker for them they sell the body parts of babies it's disgusting it's disgusting Flags are going up in some churches. The, the the rainbow flag. Oh my goodness! I saw one. It was good. It was a guy outside a church, a Christian. He starts calling them out. He Says, "What's that flag doing up there?" Oh, we want to be inclusive. We just want to love everyone. And I said, and he's, he, he got. He says, "No, no, that you don't know the Word of God. Do you actually read the Word of God?" And he could only quote one scripture. You can anyone scream, for God so loved the world? He said, you know. yes, God loves the world. But he doesn't love the behaviour of the world. And uh, so this flag's out there and he's having to go with them and they were you know, ignoring him and having a challenge. Well, within a week or two, that church closed. God will not tolerate. God would not be mocked. God would not allow these things. And interesting, isn't it, that the, the rainbow flag is a mockery of God's rainbow. The flag only has six colours, though, where the rainbow has seven. Because seven is a seal of God. Six is the number of fallen man. And it's demonstrated on what they're all about. And we're seeing much, much more. In 1985, there was a book that came out and it talked about the New World Order and how they would be pushed in, infiltrate all areas. And in 1985, they had infiltrated churches to about 3% from, my, uh, from what I'd heard. So we know there are people joining churches to infiltrate. So, you gotta be aware of that. Yeah. Everyone's looking at each other like, are you one of them? Yeah? What are you like? Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's just checking, just checking. I'm telling you, because the enemy will come into the church as well. One of the churches I used to be involved with years ago, we used to have phone calls from the occult saying, We, we come to your services, we sit there and we curse you and all this. But I'm telling you, those curses bounce back in the name of Jesus. We need to take authority. We do not allow them to push us, but we are those that push them. We are those that are, as it says in Hebrews 10:38, we are not those that shrink back. We cannot be shrinking back. We have the answers. We have, hold all authority in Jesus' name. We're pushing forward. We're putting our hand on the plough and ploughing the land. We're going forward. We're not worrying about what the world says and what the temperatures supposedly doing with the rubbish climate change stuff and so forth. The Word of God is our guide, and it's not open for change either. All right? I'll just let you know that. We're not going to change anything because we stand on the truth. Because as soon as you come off the Word of God, it's a lie. you only got to be 1% off track, and and that's what the devil does. That's why I remember years ago getting a book, and it was a book on cults, and I could not believe there's over 400 or so, hundreds of them. And I go, how can you get so many and they're using the name of Jesus and principles or thoughts of the Bible, I should say. Not even true. But people are deceived. People are so easily deceived. As Paul says in Galatians, You foolish Galatians, who have bewitched you? Churches are being bewitched because they're not speaking the truth from the pulpits. They're not speaking what is happening in our world. The enemy is very real and we can see evil play in many areas, even in our governments, our councils, our businesses. Some of me and some of the other groups I'm involved with, they're looking right into this and exposing what they're up to. The enemy is ripe in our world in all areas. And of course, we know the wonderful World Economic Forum, Klaus Schwab, Dr. Evil. And uh, (laughs) he wants you to own nothing and be happy. Now, who's going to be happy if you own nothing? (laughs) I can't see any hands raised. I think perhaps we should send them a letter and say, well, we disagree with that. (laughs) It's not going to happen in here. But that's the philosophy of these evil people at play behind the scenes. They want you to own nothing because they want to own everything. And they want power. They have put so much uh, lies out there and uh, deceit because they actually are on the enemy's side. A lot of these people are in the occult. Well, most of them are in the occultic. So you've got to understand, just because somebody works for a government or a department that you'd like to trust, it doesn't mean they're trustworthy. I've sat in the Houses of Parliament during debates, and you can see the evil ones. You know, something is brought to the Parliament by a, a, a good person, a good politician has proposed something, maybe the abortion bill or something similar, and it makes sense, it's all clear and it's so easy, but they will vote against it. They don't even listen to the argument. I, see, I was watching them just on their phones. Like just, don't just, uh, even listen to it. And they said, oh, Who's in favour? And they go, I, oh, you know. And they haven't even listened to anything that's been said. They've already decided what they were going to do. We need to decide what we're going to do. Ephesians 6, 12 says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the world's rulers of this darkness of this age, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Paul speaks to us in Ephesians and shows us the wickedness. that He spells it all out. We, 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 you know, it's not like it's a surprise. Well, it shouldn't be a surprise. We're too trusting sometimes. Oh, our government wouldn't do that to us. We'll have a list of the things over the years that they've done to us spraying different things on us and whatever. You can look it up yourself. And uh, you cannot trust the government because this is why we need more Christians coming into the realm of politics. Now, I've always had people go, oh, Christians shouldn't have anything to do with politics, and we should just keep right out of it. Let them have their way. (laughs) Because that's exactly what you're doing. If you don't have a voice, come against them, they will have their way. And the devil knows that. So he pumps in all the his crew into the whole area of politics. So they take control. And then we, as Christians complain, go, oh, I don't like that guy. How did he get in? Well, you let him in because you didn't make a voice. You didn't stand up. I'm telling you, we need to become overcomers. Satan hates you because you are made in the image of God. We need to stand up against the enemy. Jesus never said to run from the enemy. Jesus said never to hide from the enemy, but some of us do this. We go, oh, that's too scary. I'm running. Hey, hey, hey. Jesus going, whoa, 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 whoa. I need you to stand. I need you to stand. It doesn't say run, it says stand firm. And the enemy will flee. Not you flee when the enemy comes. Not to hide. So you know, this is where I go. With some people, that go a bit overboard with the prepping thing. They're digging holes under the ground and <laughs> turn into worms. I don't know what they are, but um, they got all sorts of things going on. All oh, we're prepping because there may be a nuclear war and all these things. Well, look. At the end of the day, we got to go to God. We, there's things that's out of our control. We can do what we can do, but we need to look to God. And I'm not against prepping. Get me right, because there is evidence of food shortages that's starting to appear around the world, and I've been saying this for the last two years or so. Uh, you've got shipping uh, 18 shipping companies that are no longer coming through the Middle East, they're going right around Africa, which takes another two or three days. So, you'll see there's delays of food coming through if they're going to come through at all, and uh, there are shortages on the shelves around the world. So, it's, it'd be handy, that's why I love. Kristen and the team doing our little garden thing back there and and encouraging you to do your own at home because you just don't know. But if we're prepared, we've got it all covered. And that's how we should be because things are going to uh, change. And as you see, once again, evil at work. Who's seen the farmers in Germany of recent, Netherlands, France? If you're not aware of what's been going on, that's because the mainstream media is not really showing you but under the skies of the evil climate change or Dr. Evil, they want to, um, they want to stop certain fertilisers being used and chemicals because of the environment, because of the CO2 emissions and all this sort of stuff. So farmers said, we cannot grow crops. Like, this is ridiculous. When they talk about net zero uh, carbon emissions, that's ridiculous. We'd all be dead. <laughs> Because if you don't know, the simple biology is that we breathe, in oxygen, we breathe out carbon dioxide. The trees, plants, turn it back into oxygen. That's how God has designed it. So They cut out carbon dioxide. Well, we're all gone. We're all gone. It's just ridiculous. They've shown you when there's high levels of carbon dioxide, things flourish. Plants grow. Everything's great. But they want to cut that out. So the farmers have been coming into town on their tractors in the thousands. Thousands even millions, if not, and uh, showing the government what they think of them, turning around and pff, manure spraying out onto the, on the buildings <laughs> they 're doing it they 're saying we 're not standing for this in France French don 't to mess with the french okay <laughs> uh, they don 't like you don 't mess with the french and uh, they, they, they've, they've sort of circled the inner city and they're not allowing anyone in or out because you want to know what it's like? If we don't farm, we're going to starve. We're going to show you what it's like. And they're going to go about three days worth of food in that inner side where all these politicians are and they can see what it's like. So there's demonstrations. People are willing to stand up for what they believe, push back, not go along with the lies because it will be too late. I watched an Instagram that was sent to me last night. And this pastor was talking about Nazi Germany as uh, Adolf Hitler started to rise and was looking to take control in that position. There was 18,000 churches at that time in Nazi Germany, 18,000 churches. 3,000 were actually for Adolf Hitler and what he was proposing uh, before he got into power and 3,000 were against and the other 12 just go, oh, no, it's too hard. We don't, we don't get involved in politics. No, no, it's just not for us. We just thought, no, it's not the church's position. Actually, that wasn't German, was it? That was my <laughs> Italian. <laughs> Got the wrong voice there, sorry. Uh, but anyway, you know what I'm getting to. So uh, anyway, so what happens, of course, because these 12,000 didn't say a word, didn't stand up. Elections came. Adolf Hitler gets into power. Do so you know what he did as soon as he got into power? He went after those 3,000 churches that were against him and he killed all the pastors. And then the 12,000 woke up a bit and go, oh, that's not right, is it? That's not right. That's not good. And uh, and they started complaining. You know what Adolf Hitler did then? He went after them. He went after them. So even though you think, oh, I don't need to worry about it. It's not in my world or whatever, he... Evil will come after you. So you've got to make a stand either way. So if those 12,000 had stood up, they could have made a difference. He may not come to power because he wouldn't have enough to vote him in. It's like the walk for life. We did a calculation uh, with a group the other week. They did a calculation of all the churches in Adelaide. If they all came together for this walk of life, we'd have something like 35,000 people walking on the streets, not five. But that shows you where some of the churches stand. I've heard comments like, oh, our church is into politics. This isn't into politics. This is about life. This is about life. We have a voice. We have legs. We can walk. We can do something. 1 John 4, 4 says, you are of God, little children. You have overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. When we understand, when we receive Christ, that we have Christ in us, and He is greater than He is in the world, it changes everything. You don't allow the enemy to boss you around anymore because your boss is Jesus. You don't take any of that rubbish anymore, like, oh, if you say so, I'll do it. Yeah, okay, keep the peace, love everyone. No, we actually say, no, that's not right. Well, that is not right. That is not the Word of God, God says. As Jesus said in the wilderness, the devil, for it is written. we got to learn to know and declare what is written in our time. Not allow things to push us around because it's popular. We don't want to upset anyone. I upset everyone all the time. It's just, just it's one of my gifts, I think. I don't know. <laughs> because I say things as it is sometimes. And, um, but we, we shouldn't be scared about what people think. We should be worried about what he thinks. Audience of one, people. Audience of one. When we look to the heavens rather than look to people, we live for Him. Be ready, as God has warned us. In Revelations 1.3, bo- people don't like the book of Revelation. I well, we don't read that one, past. That's a bit scary for me because it tells me too much. And I just don't understand it anyway. But you know what it says in Revelations 1.3? It says, blessed is the one who reads and hears the words of prophecy. So God has already shown us in his word what's coming. He said, "Look, we're going to go through some rough stuff. I'm letting you know beforehand so when it happens, you don't get all freaked out. But you know that I'm in control. I've got everything under plans and it's all going to work to my plan, all right? So don't worry. So that's why we can have joy in circumstances that don't look joyous. We can have that feel of security when everything's fallen apart, because we have the Word of God that tells us how it plays out, we know how the right ends. Paul it says, "Blessed is the one who reads and hears the words of the prophecy, and the ones keeping the things written in it." For the time is near. For the time is near. People go, "Oh yeah, but pastor, they've been saying that was two thousand years ago. He's been saying it for years." Well, you know what? It's going to happen in somebody's lifetime. The the, the tribulation time that the Bible describes is going to happen. So don 't discount it because it 's going to happen in some time we just look for things and we 're seeing a build up already with our uh, digital ID and all these other things these evil schemes they 've been planning for us um, wanted to control us and uh, you know but some people are kind of like oh yes yeah, i don 't want to hear that because it upsets my plans i 've got plans for my life jesus you've got to understand you 're not messing with me <laughs> we When we come to Christ, it says no longer I that live, but Christ lives in me. You know, you may have your plans, but God's going to have his way. So you may as well just get it right from the start. Say, God, have your way. Not my plans, not my will, but your will be done. For everything that has been born of God overcomes the world. Overcomes. Not surrenders, not hides, but overcomes. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, our faith. It is our faith in God that we, by which we overcome the world, by standing in truth against it. This is a time to really understand what is your faith. When people say, oh, have you got faith, yes, I've got faith. But what does that actually mean? What does that look like? Does that mean your faith in a time of turmoil will give you hope to stand there and you're not concerned? When you're short of things, does your faith go, no, my God's got it? You've got to start looking at your faith. That's why in this time, we really need to look in the Word of God and get some security in His Word. Because otherwise, you're going to get all lost. John, uh, 1 John 5, 4 says, For everything that has been born of God overcomes the world. If you are born of God, if you are a, a Christian, if you have given your life to Jesus, you are born of God. And it says you overcome the world by the faith. So faith is what overcomes the world. It's not our talent, our strength, or our intellect, but it's our faith in Him by following Him, by doing what He has told us to do, to stand. That's what overcomes the world, His truth, His truth to the world, because the truth will set us free. It will set people free. And our world is full of lies so to counteract a lie, we have to bring truth. That means we have to have a voice out there. We need to say things. We need to do things. We can make a difference. It's like the old story of the person wandering down the beach one day and saw all these starfish that washed up on the shore. And he starts picking them up and throwing them back in the water, you know. And I've seen a few like that. We've done the same. One was dead, though. It was no good. (laughs) But, uh, you know, we're throwing them in. And and someone saw them doing this. Go, what are you doing? You're crazy. Look at this. Heaps of them here. Because what difference are you going to make? There's just too many. They're just going to die. And he picked up one and threw it in the water and says, made a difference for that one. Made a difference for that one. And that's what you've got to look at, the picture You can make a difference in the world of those that are in your schools, if you're at school, university, work, neighbors, just one person, just one person. For everything, everything that has been born of God overcomes the world. Every one of us is simply put, I will say this when people say what motivates you. I said, Well, I work like this. What God hates, I hate. What God loves, I love. Very simple. Because people go, oh, I can't remember the Bible and all the things. Just think of that. What God loves, I love. What God hates, I hate. We need to be awake to what's happening in this world. You know, people go all the time, the world's gone mad. I hear this all the time from from Christians and and non-Christians. Wow, it's gone crazy. And I said, well, yes, it is crazy, but it's a plan crazy because you're seeing the effects of evil. You're seeing evil coming upon the world. Everything that's happening in the world right now, like what's happening in Israel, Ukraine, the so-called climate change, inflation going up, the COVID narrative, um, everything is all connected to Dr. Evil, <laughs> to the evil one. 2 Corinthians 2.11 says uh, it said that we should not be ignorant of his devices. So you've got to be aware start to go, God, give me discernment. Give me understanding for the days I'm in so I can make some sense out of it. Tell me what is right. Tell me what is wrong. You know, a lot of people don't do that. They try to work it out themselves. They may even go to a non-Christian. What do you think is going on right now? You know, And the non-Christian go, I don't know. You're supposed to know, aren't you? You're a Christian. Um, we shouldn't be ignorant of his devices, Paul says. We should be aware of how the enemy works. The enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy but Jesus says in John ten ten, I come to give you life. That's the difference. Whose side do you want to be on? So we go to the life maker, not the one that comes to kill, steal, and destroy from us, the devil. Who is he who overcomes the world? He who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. That is where your journey starts. When you make a decision for Jesus, because if you've made a decision for anything else, it's of the world. And it says we are not of this world we are we are aliens (laughs) in the sense that we're we're not of this world we're in this world but we're not of this world our world is of a heavenly world it's not this world we are here for a short time only so don't make yourself too comfortable because jesus may come back today (laughs) so but we need to be in that position like hey i'm just moving through here at the moment i know i'm not this is not my permanent position because Jesus is going to come back. And the thing is, when He comes back, where, he's, where is He going to find you? Right now, in a sense, it's a test. God allows trials and tests to come into your world. And He's watching to see how you deal with it. Are you going to pass the test or are you going to fail the test? He allows the Christians to either follow His Word or disobey it. He's watching all. And you know, it says in the book, He's got a book. He's got a book. There's lots of books in heaven. And it says the book of life, he records everything. Everything you do is in that book. And I've heard of a pastor that She died and I've shared the story before, he saw that book and he saw all of his life contained in this book. Everything, things he forgot about when he was a 10 year old stealing some shoes, it was in the book, everything. And I'm telling you, it'll be the same for you and I, everything, that gets me worried when I think about it. <laughs> Everything we have done will be in these books. But you know what, if you've received Jesus, as this man did, he started getting a bit panicky as he had his death experience, went to heaven, taken to the Book of Life and showed his whole life before him. He's going, oh, I'm in trouble, I'm in trouble. But when he got to the end of the page, it says, paid in full by the blood of Christ. You know, there's nothing you can do to make things right with God on your own works, your own uh, way. We have to give our life to Jesus. He paid the debt on, on the cross for us. He paid for our sins. So we need to start a relationship with Him this morning. And once we lock into that, you just follow the instructions. That's quite easy. I know some of you don't like following instructions. You get a new electrical device and you just just pushing all the buttons and it will work eventually. And there's a book here telling you how to do it. I go to the book. I always go to the book because it gives you the instructions. That's why we need to go to his book because he gives you the instructions to life. John eight twelve says this. Then Jesus spoke again to them, saying, "I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. If you're walking in Christ today, you can walk in this dark world, and you become the light. To wherever you are, you have an opportunity to share." But that starts with you having the relationship and turn that light on. If you've never received Jesus this morning, that light is not yet shining. But when you receive it, that light is switched on. I know people have said that, I've heard people's testimonies. Um, I'm thinking, of blake. Blake's blake got a great testimony. He said when he received Christ, people saw the difference. They go, "What? Well, my goodness, what's happened to you? You're different. You're, you're not the guy I used to know. And he goes, yeah, that's what Jesus did for me. And that's what Jesus has done for you. And that's what we have as a testimony to shine our light to this world that's lost. They're looking for answers. You may have that answer. Well, you do have the answer within you, Jesus. Let's just close our eyes this morning, bow our head, because I wanna give you an opportunity just to think about that. And, and if you're not right with Jesus right now, you need to, because we don't know how what's gonna happen tomorrow or next week, but we can see a lot of things taking place. If you've never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior today, I want to give you an opportunity. It's just one prayer. away saying, Jesus, it's a yes from me. I want to be in your team. I want to go to heaven. I want to know I'm spending eternity with you. I want to know that I am safe no matter what what I may go through. You go through with me. That I'm not left alone. That you are for me and not against me. I want that assurance that I can have joy in the midst of turmoil. I want all those things. But God, I know I've done wrong before you and I need to repent of those things. So saying yes to Jesus is asking Him to forgive you of your sins, because that's why He died on the cross, to pay for your sins. And you acknowledge that. Simple prayer this morning. And if you want Jesus in your life, if you're not sure even if He is in your life at the moment, perhaps as a child, you once accepted Him, but you just don't know where you are with Him, you need to be sure because time is short. A lot of crazy things are going to take place. So I'd say to you, make a decision. Nobody can make it for you. You have to make it yourself. And if God is calling you right now, you'll feel that that, that sense in your spirit. It's like God's speaking to you right now, going, you need to make this right. I love you and I'm just waiting for you to put your hand up because I can't do it for you. I will never force you to do anything. If that's you in this place this morning, if you want to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Saviour, just raise your hand so I know who I'm praying for. I'll see those hands and, uh, and we we'll pray for you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Well, outside this, the other call I want to say you may have made that decision. You're all good with Jesus. That's good. But we need now to make a stand for Jesus. We cannot just play church. Sunday. I'm really right with God. The rest of the week, I'm all over the place. If you want your life transformed, you have to invite Jesus into your world every day, every day of your life. You need to make a decision to follow Him, as we did in the series Disciplines of a Disciple. You have to make the decision. People don't like making decisions, but you have to make a decision. If that's you in this place and you're saying, yep, yeah, I want a new start. Jesus, I am going. To, I believe in you. I've accepted you as Lord and say, but now I need to follow you. I need to make a stand for you. I need to take my faith seriously. If you just want to let God know that when nobody's looking around, you just raise your hand and, and I'll just pray for those people too. Just say, God, here I am. I'm just making a declaration for you, me and you, just you and me. Uh, I'm making a stand for you. Thank you, Jesus. Yep, yeah, see those hands. Thank you. Let me just pray. Father, I just thank you today that God, amongst all the chaos that's out there in the world, we have peace because we have Jesus. We have joy because we have Jesus. And Father, we know as we raise our hand to heaven in praise of you that you connect with us and you are always with us. You said you'd be with us to the end of the age. You'll always be with us. So Father, I pray today for those who raise their hands that said, right, I want to get right with you that God, this day will be a new day. Not concerned by all the stuff we see on TV, the fake news and everything else that goes on. But we want your truth. We want to know your word. Father, I just pray for those people. That God, today will be a new day. They have an excitement, a passion to get into your word, to find out who you really are in a whole new way from what they experienced from the start. So Father, I pray today that you'll bless everyone here. God, together as a church, we will stand for what is right, for what is true. Together, we are stronger. Together, we will achieve. Together, we will do it. Amen.